He booms it away, and we're underway. End over end kick. Solano takes it at the five-yard line on the right side. Across the 10 to the 15, now cuts to the middle. To the 20. Has some room to run. 25, 30. Down the sideline. All the way to the 40. Across the 50. He's got room to the 20, and he's going to walk in for a Fordham touchdown. The opening kickoff all the way to the house, and Solano starts things off right here on the road in Loretto. First play of the fourth quarter, Solano comes in motion. Niebuhr takes the snap, makes the jet sweep, has time. Stepping up, looking, trying to dance out of trouble. He's going to run with it, now throws it to the back of the end zone, and that's a touchdown for Fordham. To Bucky Jones, sneaks free and catches the 22-yard touchdown as Fordham takes a 23-20 lead. Niebrick in the backfield, shotgun set. He's got Koontz to his left shoulder. Let's see if Niebrick will throw this one. Takes a snap, drops back, looking right side, throws slant. It's Wetzel in the end zone for a touchdown. The sure hands of Brian Wetzel. He started off with his huge punt return and finishes it with a three-yard score as Fordham takes a commanding 37-20 lead with under five to play in the ballgame. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Monday Night Quarterback. I'm DJ Sixsmith. Well, folks, the Fordham Rams are 5-0 for the first time since 1988. And when you travel on the road in the FCS, it's never easy, especially when you go 300 miles away from home. But the Rams, trailing in the fourth quarter 2017, get the job done, 38-20 the final. We'll have Coach Moran to talk about it right now. We'll have the players, Brian Wetzel to Bucky Jones Jr. But first, I want to, and of course, we'll have Joel Rodriguez. But first, I want to welcome in my color man, Nick Legerifo. Nick, it was a hard-bought victory for the Rams, but they got it done when it counted most. Yeah, it was a real quality character win for this Rams team. On the road in a hostile environment, playing a deceptively good team. They took James Madison onto the ropes a couple of weeks before they played Fordham. But a great come-from-behind victory for Fordham, and uh, now we move ahead to Lehigh this week. And with that, we welcome in the head coach, Joe Moorhead. Coach, 11 career victories for you now. Well, it certainly wasn't easy against St. Francis, but you did enough to win. What was the key for you in the fourth quarter? You know, the key was, you know, just coming together offensively, defensively, and special teams-wise and finding a way to win the game. You know, we, we talked after the game about not every, every game in the season won't go perfectly. You're not going to play your best offensively, defensively, and special teams-wise in, in all 12 games of the regular season. And there were periods of the game where we struggled on offense to move the ball and periods... Uh, during the game where we struggled to stop the run. But at the end of the day, despite those uh, inadequacies, um, you know, we found a way to you know, dig down and, and, and persevere and, and, and pull the game out in the fourth quarter. So I was very proud of our guys for that. And Coach, you guys started this game out with a bang, returning the opening kickoff for a touchdown. Jorge Solano, freshman, impacting the game. How big is it to have a guy like him back there for kickoff returns? It's huge. He's, he's, a, he's a, a very good, very talented player, um, excellent quickness, excellent change of direction. And obviously you have to have a little fearlessness when you, when you return the kicks and having everyone charging down at you like that. And, uh, you know, Coach Lusky does a great job coordinating our special teams. And, you know, we kind of had a feeling that he was going to break one sooner or later. He'd been close at uh, a couple different opportunities. And, you know, we, we ran a little counter there, and then he, um, they did a great job blocking for him. And he kind of, you know, didn't have much to do after the initial 20 yards, but uh, outrun everyone to the end zone. So it was a great job. And let's take a look at that highlight, Coach, because Jorge Solano has been such a dynamic player for you this year. Division One baseball recruit. And just to see that speed finally come to fruition and to start the game off like that, too. So let's go to the highlight. So certainly we weren't expecting it in the broadcast booth, but Solano... He gets it here and just take us through the play, Coach. Yeah, he starts, and it, it's a counter, so we want to start the return to the right, then we bring it back to the left, and the guys did a good job sealing it to the uh, right-hand side and then just giving them an escort down the left-hand sideline, and you know, the rest kind of took care of itself. And you know, We have a significant number of true freshmen that are playing, and um, 
you know, Bam, as, he's, as his nickname is, he'll have an opportunity to, to contribute for us as a receiver as well. But it, it's, uh, special teams are a great opportunity for some of the true freshmen to kind of cut their teeth and get used to the speed of the game and you know, contribute in the third of the game. No doubt about it. And, Coach, in that fourth quarter, Michael Niebrick certainly stepped up. He was sacked three times earlier in the game. But just to see him come up clutch in that moment, what did it mean to you? You know, he came with you from UConn. Just talk about his maturation process this season. No, he, Michael's done a tremendous job, and I think the key thing with – his, um, his play up to this point in the season and his continued development is the ability to make plays and uh, create things with his feet when, when the play breaks down and still do that while avoiding negative plays. So he's, he's shown a tremendous ability to do that. I believe he has 12 touchdowns <laughs> passing and, and a few more running and only one interception with a couple fumble, fumbles. So, um, you know, he's, he obviously is a guy that can make plays when the game's on the line and, and uh, has, has done a great job moving our offense. This was kind of an interesting game for your program. Not not a lot of people knew what to expect with this St. Francis team. Kind of a difficult opponent to face on the road in a hostile environment. You guys had the lead early, then you lost it late in the for- early in the fourth quarter. How how much does this say about the character of your team to come back in a game like this? I, I think it was a, it was a great opportunity for our team to, to to deal with some adversity. I think you know we talk about two things: handling prosperity and handling adversity. And obviously, we didn't handle prosperity very well. We were, uh, you know, jumped up 14 nothing, and then kind of let our foot off the gas a little bit and, you know, kind of sputtered around for, for a few quarters and, and really had to, you know, find a way to, to, to win the game. I mean, we were down 20-17 to 17 with about two or three minutes left in the third quarter, and, you know, that touchdown drive that we had there at the beginning of the fourth quarter really kind of, you know, propelled us to, you know, get ahead. Defense got a stop. We got another score, and obviously Brian Wentzel had a big punt return as well. So, uh you know, every game's not going to go as according to script, and there's going to be times where you're going to have to, you know, dig down and find a way to win. And I thought, you know, against a very good, well-coached football team with a tremendous running back and a good defensive game plan, I thought, you know, our kids, um, you know, showed a lot of character in that game. And, Coach, going off that point, obviously your defense didn't have the best game in the world. Yeah. Kyle Harbridge nearly runs for 300 yards, three touchdowns. What was he doing that was so effective, and why did you guys have such a hard time stopping him? You know, they, um, they make a commitment to run the football, and they do a lot of different variations of gap schemes. They run the power. They run the counter. They run some things out of Wildcat. And when they're running the ball that many times and they have so, so much of an emphasis on it in their game plan, you have to stack eight or nine people to the box to stop the run. And the good part about that is when, you know, you have all those people in there, you have enough numbers to stop it. And the bad part is if, if one person misses a tackle, uh, you could see the result. But, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not as concerned about the amount of yards as I am the amount of points allowed. So, I mean, it's in our fantasy football. I mean, you're, we're, not, we're not dealing with yards. So, to me, success on defense is predicated upon scoring defense, uh, explosions allowed, and, and turnovers created. And I think our defense has done a great job with that throughout the season. Okay, Coach, moving to the offensive side of the ball, what was the adjustments that you guys made to turn, turn it around finally in the second half of this one? You know, I, we, we struggled a little bit with some pass protection stuff in the, um, in the first half. And, you know, just some general run game stuff where we weren't, you know, maybe blocking it the right way or hitting the right hole or some things like that. But we, from, a, from a game plan perspective, we really didn't go in at halftime and draw up a bunch of new plays or say, you know, our game plan wasn't working. We kind of just kind of narrowed down the things that we had on the game plan and said, all right, this is how they're defending us. This is what we want to come out in the second half. And, you know, a lot of it more was a, um, an execution, um, difference in execution than it, than it was anything else. And, Coach, speaking of the offense, let's discuss Tabucky Jones, Jr., because he came with you from UConn as well. Week one, a little bit slow, but over these last few weeks, he's really picked it up. And in that game against St. Francis, obviously the late touchdown catch, but 
I want to look back on what was the big play in that 40-yard bomb he caught after the holding penalty. I mean, what does a guy like that do for your team? Someone that's played on the big level, now comes to the FCS level, and is still doing a great job. Oh, and the great thing about Tabucky is he has all the physical tools. He's big, he's strong, he's fast. He has good hands, um, runs great routes, and, you know, he, he fits in very well with our team. And, um, you know, in that play right there, they had shown a, a blitz where they were bringing everybody and they were, they were covering man-to-man, and Michael saw that he had a matchup that he liked with Tabucky on the corner that was covering him. Uh, Tabucky ran a great route to run by the guy, and Michael put it in the spot where only Tabucky could get it. And, you know, Tabucky's, um, you know, along with Brian and, and Sam and the other guys at the receiving court, you know, they've all kind of chipped in at different times during the season. And that's the great thing about having three weapons like that, that if one of the guys gets shut down or is having a bad game, you have two other guys. And that's not including Dan Light and CJ as well. So um, it's good to have a bunch of different weapons to utilize on offense. Well, you mentioned an offensive weapon, Brian Wetzel. Definitely, he's going to be on the show later today. And uh, he had a great impact, not only receiving, but re- punt returning as well. How big of an impact is he as a punt returner? It's huge to have, to have a guy like Brian back there. And the thing about him is he's deceptively fast, he's deceptively quick. And the big part is he understands the game of football. And he knows how to set up blocks. He knows how to outrun angles. He wish he could outrun the last one. Not, not let the punter tackle him, but he ended up getting it on the back end and got, got a uh, – Touchdown reception. So, um, you know, Brian's a tremendous player. Obviously, he's a returning All Patriot League player and All American, and um, you know, he's a great asset to the team. And coach, looking at that St. Francis offense, obviously they had a great running attack, but their passing game really wasn't there. Max Woods struggled. What did your defense do that really allowed him to get uncomfortable in the pocket? I think it's it's two things. You know, when we had the, you know, a bunch of people in the box committed to stop the run, we really put, really put a lot of pressures on our corners to play man-to-man defense. So Jordan Chapman and Ian Williams were basically manned up on their outside receivers. A majority of the game and when we weren't doing that we were trying to pressure him and give the quarterback some different looks from with uh you know blitzes from different angles so I think the combination of being able to stack the box and play man-to-man uh along with bringing pressure and, and you know getting to the quarterback with our rush I think that's uh you know what allowed us to prevent the uh, the pass game from getting going and speaking of Ian Williams let's take a look at that highlight because Ian made a great play late in that game to get that interception St. Francis driving down the field here, and Coach, just take us through it. What did Ian do to make this yeah, play? that's a great example there that we brought six people under pressure. Uh, we were a man-to-man defense. They were tried to run a smash corner out to the top, and Ian played over top of the cut and, and made a break on the ball. And, you know, he's done a great job. He's intercepted a bunch of passes the past few years, and he's a team captain and leader. And it, it was great to see him be able to get that and close out the game. And what has his presence meant, not only on the field, but off the field as a leader for this team? No, Ian's a guy that everyone on the team respects. It works very hard academically, does the right thing off the field, and he is a leader by example and, and uh, you know, vocally on the field as well. He's a fiery guy, gets the guys fired up, and you know, um, you know, great ambassador to our team. Coach, thanks so much. You'll be back just a little bit later as we break down the Lehigh game coming up this Saturday. Time now for our X's and O's segment. We've got the assistant coach, the offensive line man, Joel Rodriguez. Joel, thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate being here. All right, so a couple sacks for the offensive line in that game. So why don't you just give us an overall assessment of how your guys played on Sunday, Saturday afternoon. You know, we played uh, well in spurts. Uh, we played well to start the game off. We played well to finish the game off. There was a lull in the middle, I think, not just for the offensive line, for the whole offense and the whole team in general, where um, we, we kind of got off to an early lead and kind of thought that things were going to be easy. And St. Francis, to their credit, kind of fought back in the game and took the lead um, and kind of challenged us. And uh, we obviously like the way our kids responded, uh, but we like to not make it so close and not be so interesting towards the end of the game, obviously. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned challenges. What were some of the challenges your guys faced uh, throughout the course of the game? Well, there was challenges the whole team faced even before we, before we played the game, you know, having to sit in a bus for five and a half hours and travel through 
you know, central Pennsylvania and get there and uh, stay an hour away from the, from the stadium um, and then get there and, you know, have it be kind of a different kind of atmosphere than, than we've been used to playing our last away game being at, you know, the, uh, the link in Philly and then going to play at St. Francis. A little different, right? A little bit different, yeah, <laughs> a little different atmospheres. And so we, we had to kind of create our own energy as a team, and, uh, and I think we did that early on and late. But, again, we didn't do a good job in the, in the middle right there. All right, Coach, a couple of big plays in that game. Let's take a look at the first one here when Michael Niebrick got his scramble on, found Tabucky Jones Jr. in the back of the end zone. But the offensive line, a little breakdown there. Let's take a look at that clip right now. Definitely, yeah. It was a great job by Michael getting, getting us in the, right, in, the right, in the right protection. And, uh, you know, for the most part, everyone did a great job. We actually coached this up for a right tackle to miss the defensive end <laughs> to challenge Michael to scramble of around course, and throw on the course. run. So we really like Michael to show us what a good athlete he really is. And, unfortunately, our guys do that sometimes. <laughs> and, Coach, a lot of big guys up there for St. Francis. They're doing some stunting. How long do you think it really took the O-line to get comfortable with what they were facing against the Red Flash? I think the biggest thing it was for us was it was uh, we had to prove we could handle all their different pressures. and, and different. They showed a couple different things that they hadn't shown on film from a pressure standpoint. Uh, different guys coming from different places. And until we were able to kind of diagnose in the sidelines and kind of get it uh, situated and, and prove to them that we can handle it, and then they stopped doing it. And then once that was not an answer for them, they really didn't have another answer, to be honest with you. So, uh, But every team, you know, when you're a top 15 team and you've proven to be explosive on offense and you have some weapons we have, teams are going to defend you differently from week to week than what they show because a lot of times what they do in their base defense won't defend what you're doing in your base offense. Mm-hmm. You know? So that's something that's it's – a, it's a, it shows that we're doing some good things on offense and we're, coach, we're forcing them, defensive coaches to change and adapt their game plans a little bit, which is good. You have a bunch of guys on your offensive line, uh, Mason Halter, one, Matt Stolte, another, very versatile guys. What kind of a luxury is that to have these guys that can play a bunch of different positions? It's a huge luxury because, I mean, really nowhere in the country, even at Alabama or LSU, are you going to have 10 guys that can play in a game uh, just because of depth, injuries, you know, things happen. Uh, we've had two guys just during training camp that had career-ending injuries, you know. So um, when, you, when you're limited with scholarships and numbers, you have to have guys that are versatile enough that can play multiple spots. So we only travel seven or eight linemen a game. So we'll have our starting five, and then we'll have a guy like Matt Stoll that can play essentially anywhere but center, you know. And then we've got some young guys that can, can, that can step up and play. You know, Kyle Vaughn plays centers for us, but he also plays guard. He also plays tackle, you know. So uh, those backup guys, it's, it's very similar to an NFL mentality where you only have eight or nine guys on the roster that travel and are, and are active. And if you're not one of the top five guys, you got to be able to move around a little bit and, play, and help us out in different spots. Coach, we saw a couple of all Patriot leaguers last year with Watkins and Morrison. Do you think we'll see a couple more this year? Are you sure. happy with the way the guys have been playing so far? I mean, yeah, I think they're progressing well. You know, uh, Mason Halter has, has played really well. Um, obviously, he missed a game against Columbia. He was sick all week long, and that kind of stunned his growth a little bit. Um, you know, one of the guys that's probably surprised everyone around here is a guy like Tom Fisher. You know, Fisher uh, didn't play very played a, a bunch before we got here as a staff. Um, we mo- he moved, he moved around positions, didn't play very much last year. I'm sure that was frustrating for him. Uh, but to his credit, he worked his tail off in the offseason, had a great spring, had a great summer, um, and he's probably playing as well as anyone uh, in our room right now. So I think, you know, guys like, you know, I mean, all five of our guys that are starting have all conference potential. Um, whether or not they get the votes or not, sometimes that's a political thing. Uh, sometimes it's, it's a longevity thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think all those guys have the potential to be all conference players. One of the guys we haven't mentioned yet, Joe Mazzara. He's been a center, the anchor of that line all year. How valuable is he to this line? Hugely. I mean, he's probably the 
one of the only guys we have on our team that can snap the ball consistently. You know, Kyle Vaughn being a converted center. You know, so Joe's very valuable. Uh, he does does a, a a great job making line calls for us, getting us in the right calls. Uh, you know, when our quarterback changes our protection, he makes sure that it's set properly and everything. So a lot of pressure is put on him from a mental standpoint. Center's probably the easiest uh, of all the spots to play in our offense from a physical standpoint, but it's probably the hardest from a mental standpoint. And Joe has to really embrace that part of the game and, and, and done well so far. And, and it's replaced in some pretty big shoes from a leadership standpoint, losing Watkins last year. Coach, let's now look ahead to Lehigh. Battle of two top 15 teams going on here this weekend. Played them last year, lost them close. What are you expecting between these two, between the trenches, excuse me, between the trenches? And what did you learn last year after just falling short? I think this is going to be, and we talked to our guys, and, and it's kind of a, uh, um, uh, a term we've used, it's going to be a fist fight in a phone booth. Uh, they know exactly what we're going to do offensively. We're going to run our base offense. We're going to run our base run offense. Um, they pride themselves in stopping the run. We pride ourselves in running the football to set up the play-action pass down the field. Um, and last year, we, we probably threw the ball better than we expected to, did not run the ball as well we, as we needed to. Uh, I think they held us to 100 yards rushing last year, which for us is a down game. Um, so now they've graduated a bunch of guys on defense, almost the entire front seven. So have we, though, to be honest with me. We're breaking a bunch of new stars as well, so it's going to be a great challenge for us. Uh, you know, we're looking forward to a great environment from our home, uh, you know, our, our home fans, and, and and these guys deserve it. Um, and it's this is what college was all about. You know, if there was a college game made for FCS football, it'd be here this weekend. You know, and course we'll be running around and, and hurting those guys and get the Ram head without question, it. without question. So this is a it's a great opportunity for our players and for our program to show what we're about and, and, and on a national stage, really. Coach Rodriguez, thanks so much for joining us. The pride of the University of Miami, right here, folks. Thanks so much, Order. Coach. Thanks. Appreciate you guys. All right, folks, time to go inside the huddle with two of Fordham's finest right now. I feel slow, and we're not even moving. we got Brian Wetzel here to Bucky Jones, Jr. Guys, great win on Saturday, 38-20. Brian, let's start off with you. It was a little dicey in that fourth quarter. What did you guys do that ultimately helped to get over the top? Um, I think we just came out in the second half. We made a few adjustments at halftime, and uh, Coach kind of laid into us about not giving full effort um, on every single play. And uh, – the second half, we came out um, when they took the lead. We knew that we needed to get things going a little bit, and um, we stepped up and we played like our, each play was the last play that we could ever play. And uh, I think that's what we needed to do the whole game, and it was good to get a win. And to Bucky, for you, the offense was a little stagnant early on in the game. You and Michael Nieberg finally got going in that fourth quarter. In your mind, what was the key to success? Um, basically, the key was just coming out with that fire. Like in the first half, we didn't come out real consistent. We didn't come out like we wanted to win the game, but. We made a lot of halftime adjustments, and, and we came out, like like Brian said, like playing every play like it was the last play we were going to play. And we uh, came together as a team and just uh, executed our assignments good, and then we went out and did what we had to do. Now, your touchdown catch late in that game, you kind of snuck through the defense. I don't know how you got open, but let's take a look at that play now because Michael Niebrick was all under pressure there. You got free, so just remember that play for us and talk to us about what happened. Uh, um, well, basically – um, they went to a cover two look, and they were consistently playing cover two uh, throughout the whole game. Um, we had a vertical play called, so I felt like I just snuck behind the cornerback, and I seen that um, the safety was in, and our lineman did a good job prolonging the play, and Niebuhr did a good job rolling out and escaping the pressure, and he just found me in the back of the end zone, and, and, and uh, successfully I was open. So. And that wasn't your only big play. We'll get to that in a little bit. But, Brian, let's come to you here because you had a big punt return in that game, but you couldn't beat the punter. So let's go to the video. Let's take us through that play because it looked like you were going to go free. I thought you had the touchdown, but all of a sudden at the last moment, 
punter got to you? I mean, what gives it that, man? Uh, well, first of all, he's a he was the backup quarterback. He's pretty athletic. Oh, so okay. I okay. Throw that out there. <laughs> but um, no, Coach Slutsky, the special teams coach, always talks about uh, beating the first guy and beating the last guy, which is the punter. And uh, I didn't get that done. I shouldn't have been tackled by him, but uh, luckily it set up a score, which is good. And, of course, you're the one that finished off that score. You get to take a little bit of a breather, collect yourself, get over getting tackled by the punter. But then you come back on the field, and let's take a look at this play now. As you go in for a nice, easy slant, what allowed you to get so open on that one? Um, this is just a man beater, and uh, they played cover zero, which is man uh, down the goal line. And uh, we know as receivers we're supposed to beat. If it's man on, uh, we don't think that anybody can cover us. And um, I went out and I ran the route that I was supposed to. And uh, I knew Niebuhr was going to get me the ball, and it felt really good getting in after. Uh, right? Yeah, I was a little mad about at myself for not getting in on the punt return, but uh, felt really good. Yeah, certainly <laughs> so after getting tackled there. All right, to Bucky, your play earlier on in the fourth quarter. It was a third down and long. Penalty pushes you guys back. All of a sudden, you're inside your own 15, and then you decide to go deep. So why don't we roll the tape here, take a look at what we got going. Niebuhr shows off the gun. He goes to you all the way down the field. So how'd you get so open? I mean, surprisingly, they played cover zero. Um, during that, that period, and they usually play cover zero when we were close to the goal line. And our coaches did a great job setting us up with the right play. So the corners were sitting a lot at our routes throughout the game, and when uh, Niebuhr hiked the ball, I just felt like I could blow by my guy, so I ran as fast as I could, and I blew by him, and I got it open, and Niebuhr put the ball in a good spot and went up and made the play. All right, guys, let's now start to talk about Saturday afternoon. You're a top 15 team. Two years ago, this is a one-win team. So, Brian, let's start out with you. Lehigh's coming to your place. The Madden Hawks have had a couple late comebacks this year. What's it going to take to take down this team? Because you played them close last year, but this is a totally different team. So how will you use the home crowd to really fuel you on Saturday? Oh, it's, uh, it's going to be big for the home crowd. Um, two undefeated teams coming in, two top 15 teams. Uh, we expect the place to be packed. And uh, we were so close last year to beating them. They were um, ranked higher than us last year. And... Um, I feel like if we come out, execute the plays like we're supposed to, play every play like it's our last, like we did the second half last game, um, that we should have a good chance. And to Bucky, you've played in a lot of big games coming from UConn. How will you use that FBS experience in a big game in the FCS here? Well, um, it doesn't matter if it's Division One A or D1AA. I, I go into every game the same, but I know Lehigh is really a, a respectable opponent. They're coming in undefeated, ranked top 15, and I know the uh, atmosphere around campus is big, and all of us are excited to practice this week and go out, and we're just going to be focused, and, and I'm ready to uh, go get this win with my teammate. Folks, these are two of the best in the FCS. I'm just happy I don't have to play defense against them, that's for sure. Brian Wetzel to Bucky Jones Jr. Guys, thanks so much for letting us go inside the huddle. Coming up next, we talk more about this Lehigh game with the head football coach, Joe Moorhead. Back here on Monday Night Quarterback with the head coach, Joe Moorhead. All right, coach. Big game on Saturday, two top 15 teams right here in the Bronx. What are you expecting from this Mountain Hawk squad that's had a lot of comebacks in the second half this season? I expect it to be a, a great football game, uh, like you said, between two top 15 ranked teams in the Patriot League. It's our Patriot League opener. Uh, expect another great crowd, uh, hopefully another sellout like we had against, you know, to follow up the one we had against Columbia. And, um, you know, obviously we have a tremendous amount of respect for Lehigh. They're, they're an excellent team. They've kind of been the standard bearer of Patriot League football yeah. excellence for, for a long time. And, They've done a great job this season, and the coaching staff does a you know great job. They have a bunch of you know, very skilled players, so it's going to definitely be a challenge. <laughs> and you mentioned it, the Lehigh definitely a high-powered offense. Brandon Bielkowski is their quarterback, well-accomplished quarterback in FCS. What kind of challenges does he propose to your defense? That's going to be a huge challenge. I mean, I believe he hadn't you know 
thrown a pass until this season. He's a first-year senior starter, and Coach Cicchini's our offensive coordinator, played receiver at Lehigh, uh, does an excellent job with their offense, and I believe he's thrown for almost 400 yards a game. So when you're doing that, you got to have great pass protection, and their O-line does a great job protecting them, mixing up the launch points, and you know they have the receiver, Kerfus, and the other kid, Soto, and I believe Kerfus is you know, one of the top receivers in the league in the country, so uh, you know we're going to have to you know, be on top of it defensively, and they also run the ball. The Sherman kid runs it well, so... Uh, you can't focus on just a run or just a pass. You've got to, you know, really do a great job, you know, defending both. Coach, last year's squad goes all the way down to the wire with Lehigh. Will you remind the guys again about that? Obviously, it's a different team, but does that give your squad a little bit more confidence going into this one? Yeah, we've talked about it, you know, and kind of the focal point of our season is, you know, we talked about extra effort and, you know, what we need to do to bridge the gap between the eight points uh, of our three combined league losses mm-hmm. last year and particularly the last, the one to um, Lehigh, which was the field goal was time expired, so... We talk about what do we need to do this week with our preparation, our effort, and our execution to, to bridge the gap between those three points and you know turn a loss into a win. But you know I'm confident we'll have a great week of preparation. The kids will go out and play hard. It'll just be at the end of the day, you know the emotional wear off after a series or two, and you fall back on how well you prepared and how well you execute your scheme. So that'll that'll determine the game. Do you sense a big difference heading into this game as opposed to the, the game that you guys headed into last year? Um, a little bit in a sense. You know, last year we were still a little bit of an unknown commodity. We had had some success, and Lehigh was an early game, and we came out and played well. Uh, you know, this year we're, we're, you know, we've had some more success early in the season, defeated, you know, a top 10 FCS team and an FBS team and coming off of another win. So, um, you know, it's, you know, we tell our kids to expect success, and it was the same thing last year and, and the same thing this year. So, um, you know, that it's not enough to want to win. you got to want to prepare to win. And, you know, that'll, that'll determine how well we do. And, Coach, going into this week of practice, what are some of the biggest things you're going to work on, looking to perfect, make sure you have them all set up for Saturday? No, we, gotta, we have to work on everything. We just, like you said, on defense, we have to be prepared to, to stop the pass with all their dangerous weapons and still be mindful of, of the run game. And, you know, defensively, they bring a lot of different looks, three down front, four down front, a variety of coverages and pressures, and, you know, really make you be on point with your pass protection and your run blocking schemes and making sure everyone's accounted for. So, and special teams-wise, they do a great job as well. So it's going to be a complete challenge on, in all three phases of the game. It really will. And, Coach, certainly the Patriot League isn't an option this year with the ineligibility. But still, to do well in the Patriot League, what would that mean to your squad to get things off to the right foot? No, we want to be 1-0 this week, and that's all we're, we're, we're worried about. Obviously, you know, having the best record in the Patriot League, you know, regardless of whether we can have the automatic bid or not, is something that we, we focus on you know, on a yearly basis. But, um, you know, we want our kids to have, you know, focus on the task at hand with singleness of purpose. And, you know, all we're worried about this week is going 1-0 against Lehigh and, and go from there. All right, Coach, thanks so much. Best of luck. Game's right here in the Bronx. Jack Coffee Field, it's a noon start, and it should be a good one. So thanks so much. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. All right, that will do it for all of us here on Monday Night Quarterback. I'd like to thank the head coach, Joe Moorhead, the players that joined us, Brian Wetzel to Bucky Jones Jr., and the offensive line coach, Joel Rodriguez. For all of us here from WFUV Sports, my partner in crime, Nick Legerifo, this is DJ Sixman. Have a great evening, everybody. Zach's ready to punt it. He's on his own 30. Low snap. He sends this one off. Spiraling kick. Brian Wetzel back deep. Catches it at his own 10. He's going to take it to the 20. Has a hole up the middle to the 35-40. Up the middle of the field, and he springs free to the 35-30. One man to beat at the 20. To the 10 at the pylon, and he just falls short of the end zone.